0: Okay,
1: <laughs> um, so, um, the hi, <laughs> um, I'm just going to ask you guys to bear with me, because I'm pretty nervous. Um,
0: um,
1: a lot of you guys may not know me, but my name is Luciana, I've been in D2L for almost two years now. Uh, when I found out that e was doing a takeover, I felt it, that God put it in my heart to say something to you guys today. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to talk to you guys today about self-reflection. Um, self-reflection, I think, can be a really hard thing to talk about because as humans, we tend to be very stubborn and we... Never like to admit when we 're wrong ever, including myself. I hate it, but when but it 's a very important thing to realize when you 're wrong and be able to learn from it and grow from it um, and it 's also very important that we learn how to do this because of our goal here and our purpose here, and I think that we don 't realize that enough so I want to start off by looking at Romans 2.24. It says, As the scripture says, people in other nations insult God because of you. And the scripture, when I first read it, seemed pretty crazy to me because as Christians, we're loving people. We love God and we show the love of God. That's what I always believed in. And what it's telling us here is that we're the reason that people insult God, that we're the reason that people hate on God. And that's not, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Um, and it reminded me of this time where when I first got social media, which was about a year or two ago, um, and I was scrolling and I saw a video of some Christians protesting and it it they weren't acting how I thought they should act. I mean, it was very verbal and very hateful. And I was just in shock because as someone who I grew up in only two churches, and I never felt hate, I loved the communities that I was in, and I just was never exposed to that and never exposed to other people's opinions and arguments. and. My first reaction was, let me go look through the comments. And the comments were just people flooding their opinions about who we are, what type of people we are, and they were almost all negative. And as someone who has never seen anything like that before, I was very confused. And ever since then, I've seen more and more videos and more and more protests. About Christians protesting against homosexuality or abortion or things like that. And we all know what we support in and what we believe, what we tolerate and what we don't. But the way that we express what we believe in is extremely important when it comes to our goal. Because we have a goal here and a purpose here. And a When it comes to our goal, a main part of that is showing God's love. But what does that mean? Because I can tell you to show God's love, but do we really know what that is? In 1 John 4.10, it says, True love is God's love for us, not our love for God. He sent his son as the way to take away our sins. And here it's, which is not up there, but... Um, it's telling us that God's love is the strongest type of love. It's his, it's true love. It's stronger than any love we can give to another person. It's stronger than our love for us, for, for our love for Him, and and because He loves us that much, He sent His Son to take away our sins. In Romans five eight, it says, "But God demonstrated." his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners Christ died for us. So again he's showing us that he loves us so much even though we're sinners, even though we make mistakes every single day of our life he still sent his son to die for us. (laughs) And in the Bible there's millions and millions of examples of God's love and it's always tied to the crucifixion. It's always tied to the crucifixion. And I'm sure all of you guys have heard the expression, actions speak louder than words. Um, And that plays a really big role here. Because I can tell anyone that I love them, but if I don't show it, it has no meaning behind it. There's no meaning. But if I tell someone I love them and I show them through my actions, I show them that I care for them every day, they're going to believe me. So now if I tell somebody, Jesus loves you, God loves you, it has no meaning. It has no meaning until you tell them, God loves you because he sent his son to die for you. God loves you so much, he sent his son to die for you so that when you're in a place where God is judging you, you're not guilty, you're innocent. He sent his son to die for you so that we can all have a clear path to heaven. And... Um, and we need to really think about that because when we're bringing people to God because that's our goal that's our goal to bring people to Christ that's our purpose here when we, when we tell somebody that Jesus loves them it, to them it's like a stranger to them it's like a stranger telling them that they love them it really doesn't mean anything so we need to add more to that we need to tell them about what Jesus did for us, what God did for us. Not only do the scripture show us that, but it shows us that God's love is strong, it's passionate, and he is committed to us fully. In 1 John 4, 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Um... So here, it's telling us that we're supposed to take God's love and show it to others. That we're supposed to love everyone because that's what we're here to do. Our goal here is to bring people to Christ. That is our purpose, right? And that's how we show people our love. Um, And I actually experienced this a few weeks ago. Actually, I would say a few months ago. Um, so a lot of you may not know this, but my grandmother passed away about a year and a few months ago um, due to COVID. And my grieving experience was kind of odd compared to other people's. Because at first, I was obviously I was very sad and upset. But I was okay, and I was there for like, my mom and my aunt and my uncle, and I was just trying to be there for everyone, but as time passed, my grieving got worse, and I fell into like, some bad depression and anxiety, and obviously, when you fall into depression, your actions and your moods change a lot. So I wouldn't go to school every day of the week and I, wouldn't, I would not come to church for like a few weeks. And obviously my parents started to see that. And they truly loved me because the first thing they did was we started a nightly devotional every night. And it didn't have to be about anxiety. It didn't have to be about depression. It was just us sitting either at a table or on the bed and talking about God. And once they saw me falling from God, their first reaction was to bring me to God. Their first reaction was, let me help Luciana pick herself back up because that's what she needs. And that's how I know they truly love me. When somebody falls from God or doesn't have a relationship with God, it's always easier to build that relationship with God when we have support from the people that aren't struggling with their faith and who are willing to love you and not judge you incorrectly. Which is another step of how we, how we achieve our goal. Okay, good versus bad judgment. <laughs> judgment is a very necessary thing, I think. And a lot of people may say, yes, judgment's necessary. A lot of people may say, no, we can't judge other people. But judgment is so that we can help others acknowledge of their mistakes and their sins. And But there's also a correct way to do it because judgment can push or bring someone from God, and that's that's. If our goal is to bring people to God, then we have to be judging in the correct way because that is what pushes or brings people to God. So we need to look at ourselves. We need to self-reflect and think: Am I doing this correctly? Um, so judgment shouldn't make someone feel unloved, and they shouldn't feel unwelcomed. Bad judgment comes from hatred. And there's God and there's the world. God has never showed us any hate. He's never not, ex- not forgiven us. He's never not been there for us when we need it, even though sometimes it may not seem like it, but he's always there. But then there's the world, and the world is covered in darkness. It's covered in hatred, and we're all here in it. So yeah, we're gonna be influenced by everything that's in this world, but we can't let ourselves get covered in darkness. We, we can't let that because we're meant to be the light. In 1 John 2, 11, it says, But whoever hates their brother or sister is in darkness. They live in darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has made them blind. I have a brother. He's right there. <laughs> and he... We both make a lot of mistakes. We argue all the time. And sometimes we just wake up in a mood where we have attitude towards each other for no reason. But (laughs) I love him so much. He is one of the most important people in my life. And I will never wish anything bad on him. He could make a mistake and he could get me angry. But I will always love him and I will always forgive him no matter what now, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. So the way that I love my brother and the way that I forgive my brother is how I should forgive every single one of you and how I should love all of you guys. Because there's no difference. Now the second part of that verse says, they live in darkness they do not know where they are going because the darkness has made them blind. Again, We're in this world full of hatred. And sometimes we need to realize when we're covered in darkness, even though we don't want to admit it, because there are times where we are, and we're judging in the wrong ways. And that gives you no place to judge another person, because they can make a mistake, they can commit a sin, but you're also in the wrong because you're covered in darkness. You're covered in the worldly actions of the world. And that's why we need to look at ourselves. We need to look at ourselves and think, am I doing this correctly? And as a church, we should be able to look at ourselves and be able to learn and adjust from that. And I think that we don't do that enough. That we hate to admit when we're wrong, but we have to admit when we're wrong. Because if not, we're not, we're not doing our job and we're not bringing people to Christ. Um... Good judgment is a completely different thing. Good judgment is love, patience, and forgiveness. In Hebrews 5, 1 through 2, it says, Every Jewish high priest is chosen from among men. That priest is given the work of helping people with the things they must do for God. He must offer to God gifts and sacrifices for sins. The high priest has his own weaknesses, so he is able to be gentle with those who do out of ignorance. So now we all need to realize that we all make mistakes. It doesn't matter the size of them, they're all mistakes. So if God can forgive every single one of us here, God will forgive anyone who isn't here. He will forgive anyone and everyone for anything they've done. Because the Bible also tells us that Jesus and God meets us where we're at. He meets us where we're at, and he brings us up to him. The high priest has his own mistakes. So people can seem like they follow all the rules, but we all make mistakes. And even if we make less mistakes than another person, that just means that we're supposed to be there to support them with love no matter what. In Romans 15one through 2, it says, Some of us have no problem with these things, so we should be patient with those who are not so strong and have doubts. We should not do what pleases us, but do what pleases them and is for their good. We should do whatever helps everyone grow stronger in their faith. So to bring someone to God, we need to be patient with them. They can make mistakes over and over again, but we should continue to be patient with them. It also says, we should not do what pleases us, but do what pleases them and is for their good. So when it says pleases them, it doesn't mean let them make their mistakes or do their mistakes with them or like associate with them, but it it, it means what pleases them is their relationship with God. we need to be patient and help them grow that relationship with God, because that is what's pleasing to them. That's what's correct for them. And the only way we can do that is with patience and good judgment and love. Matthew 6, 14, it says, yes, if you forgive others for the wrongs they do to you, then your Father in heaven will also forgive your wrongs. So not only do we have to show love, And we need to be patient, but we need to be forgiving. Because if we're not forgiving, Jesus, one, is not going to be forgiving to us, but we're also not going to bring people to Christ. Forgiveness is also a really hard thing. It's very similar to self-reflection because it means putting aside your feelings. It means putting aside how you feel towards a person and being able to tell them, I know what you did. As long as you're able to learn from it, I forgive you. And again, we're very stubborn humans. That that can be normal, but we have to learn to put aside our feelings. So I'm gonna tell you guys another story. <laughs> um, so I was in a relationship and I got cheated on. And it was, obviously that's hurtful and, and it sucks. And we were friends for a very long time. Well. I mean, for me, it was a very long time, but it was since the summer of last year. And you can ask my parents. We talked all the time. It was 24-7. His name was always popping up on my phone. And obviously, over time, you, you find, like, you care for them, and if you're talking to them, you know a lot about them. They know a lot about you. and. When I found out about him cheating, I couldn't hate him. It was I couldn't hate him, and I hated myself for not being able to hate him, because it didn't make any sense, <laughs> but I was talking to my friends um, about it, and they also thought I was crazy. They were like, Luciana, he hurt you, he broke your trust, what is wrong with you? Why do you still care about him? And I, then I, I went on a car ride with my dad, and we were talking about it. And I tell him, I'm like, Bah, like my friends think I'm crazy. I, I don't hate him. I wish the best for him. I hope he learns from his mistakes. And they think that I should hate him, and I don't. And my dad tells me, he says, Luciana, they don't understand that your, God, your heart is full of God's love, they don't understand that you're full of forgiveness. I didn't understand that myself. (laughs) I really didn't. And you should always make someone feel like they can be forgiven and like it's not too late to build a relationship with God. Because by making someone feel like it's too late to build a relationship with God, they're never going to want to come to God. They're going to want to stay away from here because they feel like I've made too many mistakes. It's too late for me. It's too late for me. I should just keep doing what I'm doing and leave it as it is. But if God can be forgiving, then we can be forgiving. That's what we're here for. And the only way we're going to bring people to God is with love, patience, and forgiveness. Which, again, isn't easy, which is why we need to look at ourselves and think, what can I do to fix myself? Because it all starts with us. It all starts with us as a church. And if we're able to hold ourselves accountable and each other accountable. In Matthew 5, 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Righteousness is a really weird thing. I didn't even know what it was until a few weeks ago. But... (laughs) when. if I want to be righteous, it's different than I want righteousness. I want to be righteousness, and I want righteousness. Because I can be righteous, and I can do all the right things, and I can do, I can follow everything that it tells me to do in the Bible, and I, it's, I'm going to heaven. But I want righteousness is I want righteousness for myself, and I want it for you and I want it for you, I want it for everyone here. And that's completely two different completely things. Two different, com- two, <laughs> two completely different things. <laughs> now it tells us that we hunger and we thirst for righteousness. When you hunger and you thirst, you're desperate for food and water. We need food and water to survive. If not, our body starts failing. And obviously our body's not gonna start failing if we don't have righteousness, but that's how it should make us feel. That's how it should make us feel because we should be desperate for righteousness. We should be desperate to do the right thing. We should be desperate to bring people to God. And if we truly hunger and we truly thirst for righteousness, then we're gonna step back and look at ourselves. We're gonna make sure that we're following all the steps that we're supposed to be following. We're gonna make sure that we're judging in the correct way. And if we're not, we're gonna look at ourselves and we're gonna admit it. You don't have to tell anyone, but you're gonna admit it to yourself and you're gonna change the way you're acting. You're gonna adjust and you're gonna learn. You don't have to be disappointed in yourself, but you're just gonna learn from what you are doing. And we just need to recenter and refocus on what we're here for, what our purpose is. So every day, ask yourself, as an individual, am I bringing people to Christ? Am I showing God's love? Am I showing good judgment? Or am I gonna be the reason that people view us as hateful people? Am I going to be the reason that the people in those comments from that video were expressing their opinions about how we're hateful people and how we're not loving, and that's why they don't like us? Are we going to be the reason for that? Or are we going to grow as a church and as a person and think, am I doing what's right? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And... I want to take this as an opportunity to just look at everyone here and people watching on youtube um, we're sorry we're sorry for if we if you've ever felt judged or if you ever felt unloved by us or by me or by anyone here, I'm sorry if it's made you feel like. You can't come here or you can't grow from where you are or you can't build a relationship with God because that's not how you should feel. And don't let our mistakes, because we're human and we make mistakes, don't let our mistakes stop you from finding your relationship with God, from loving God. Don't feel like you can't be forgiving because God forgives you. doesn't matter if anyone here doesn't forgive you. It matters if God forgives you and if God loves you. Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So, as Pastor Mike, I know I still have some time, but as Pastor Mike comes up here to do the altar call, I want you guys to remember that God loves you, he forgives you, and he will meet you wherever you are. And if you don't feel hatred and you don't feel unloved, think about, just self-reflect and think about, am I doing what is right? Am I really taking the correct steps to bring people to God? Is that what I'm doing? i that's not sorry.
2: Praise the Lord. Wow. Wow. What can we say? There's something that Luciana said that really stirred something in me. She said, true love
0: comes only from God, not our love for God. And you stop and think
2: about that and you wonder, wow, that is true. That is so true. I mean, he found true love in us. And how, you know, you ask yourself, why would he find true love in me? Who am I? I make too many mistakes. I'm so imperfect. I've done so many bad things in my life. I made a mess of my life. Why would he find true love in me? But that's why his love is so true. It's because his love has nothing to do with our love. It's, it's unconditional love. And so it's, it's such an amazing thing to know that God truly loves us. In spite of ourselves. You know, when you talk about the word save, if you ask somebody uh, what the word save means, in the 21st century mind, they would tell you save is what you do on your computer in order to preserve a document. And if you ask them, what's the word saved mean, saved past tense, they'll say, well, it's the, the condition of the document that you commanded on your computer to save. But if you look in the scriptures, especially in the book of Acts chapter 16 and verse 30, where the jailer dropped to his knees before Paul and Silas. And he asked the question, what must I do to be saved? That's the man who understood that there was something radically wrong with his life. And he knew that he needed a radical solution. And I want to, and before we, with the, the worship team closes out uh, on, on the service this evening, uh, this morning, uh, those of you who are watching, those of you who are here today, have you ever asked that question, what must I do to be saved? Have you come to the place in your life where there's something radically wrong with your life? Something is radically missing. And no matter what you've done, no matter what avenue you went to, you still could not find that peace, you could not find that one thing that 's going to fill that void in your heart, and you realize that what you need is a radical change, a radical solution. Well, that solution is Christ Jesus, because of the fact that he loved us. He spared us in eternal punishment by taking the punish upon, uh, the punishment upon himself and taking our sins upon himself. Luciana said, when we think about God's love, it's connected with the crucifixion. And that's the ultimate demonstration of love. It's the fact that he took our sins upon himself, nailed it to the cross, and settled our sin once and for all. He's forgiven us if everything we've ever done, everything we've ever said, everything we've ever thought, that is contrary to the word of God and contrary to the will of God. If you can imagine that, if you can grasp hold of that, if you can wrap your mind and brain around that and come to the place where I need that love. And so before we close out the service, I want to ask this question, those who are here and those of you who are watching. If you've never ever given your life to the Lord and you're at that place where you know that something radically wrong in your life and you don't know where to turn to, Christ is the answer he's the radical solution and so I what I want to do is I want to say this prayer and if you're here this morning and those that are watching I want you to repeat this prayer after me because if you've never given your life to the Lord I don't want to help you with that I want to help you in your journey so that your life can have some meaning so that your life can have some truth over 30 years ago I made that same decision I came to that place, I came to that conclusion that something was radically wrong in my life and when I finally realized the solution is in Christ I surrendered everything and the moment I did that the moment I made that decision Christ came into my life and changed my life radically that same Christ can do the same for you so let's do this all eyes closed no one looking around and I want you to repeat after me when I say this prayer those of you who are already saved you can just join me as we say these words and those of you who are watching please say these words and, and, and mean it with your heart say this Father God I come to you in the name of Jesus asking you to come into my life and in my heart Lord there's something radically wrong in my life there's something missing and I don't know who to turn to but I come to you and invite you into my heart and fill that void and change me radically your word says that if I believe in the Lord Jesus that he died on the cross for my sins and if I believe that he was raised from the dead your word says that I am saved and Lord I thank you as I make this declaration I am now saved I am now a child of God I am not eternally lost but I am eternally saved And I'm looking forward to spending eternity with you, Lord. And Lord, for this, I thank you. In your precious son's name, we pray. Amen and amen. Now, if you said that prayer this morning, if at the end of service, if you can just meet me up here in the front, I'll be right here to my right, your left. Just meet me right up front. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to give you some materials. Those of you who are watching, there's a number on your screen. If you can just call that number tomorrow morning, someone will be here to talk with you and send you some materials as well to help you to understand the decision that you made today. And if you made that decision, your life is already starting a radical change from this moment on. So thank you all for making that decision. And again, please see me at the end of service. I'd love to talk to you at this time. I'm going to have our detailed service clause out the service. And uh, again, wow.